My name is Julie Brickhouse, and I'm from Unity Church in Greenville, North Carolina, only about an hour and a half from here, and I'm one of the um, ministry leaders for the special needs ministry at Unity. Um, thank you so much for coming, and um, today we're going to be talking about providing worship opportunities for individuals with disabilities. This is such an unmet need everywhere. Um, there are so many areas, I mean, there are some bigger cities may have some options for some uh, special needs ministry, but not many. And, and the things that are out there sometimes just aren't what they need to be. There may be more of a babysitting type service, and that's what, not what this ministry needs to be. When you think of a person with a disability or a, you know, a child or adult, whoever, and you think of them as a tree trunk, and you, you think of all those branches that come out, one person with, uh, with disabilities has so many branches that come out of the people that they come in contact with between their families and their workers, their personal care workers or nurses, and there are so many people that can be touched through this ministry. And we have a lot of examples at our church how not just those children or adults that come to our class or are involved in our ministry, but we have workers and people who are close with the families who have um, gotten saved and joined the church and um, are active members, not even just in our, in our ministry. They're, they're part of the church now, and it brings families to there as well. So and, um, it's such an important one, and I think it's missed. Um, our ministry at Unity has been going on for about six years or so. I've done it at another church in the past, and it was kind of a low-key version. But um, since we've been at Unity and, and uh, approached um, Pastor Jeff about starting this at our church, that the, the whole church has been so welcoming to us, and we are so very thankful for everything that they're working with us to do and, and helping us to continue to grow as we get into the future. Um, but uh, I'm going to talk about some more things, too, but I wanted to share this video with you. And please excuse my very, very nervousness in the video because um, when the uh, camera was in my face, I was a little nervous. So hopefully you can get the message through my uh, nervous talking. So Our 9 o'clock service is for uh, mission activities and music and a, can you hear? Uh, fellowship time and then the 1015 service period of time is for uh, for worship we attend the worship service and we also um, have opportunities for individuals to participate in classroom activities for worship whether it be watching the service itself on the screen or doing other music activities we also do a, a bible study um, for our class um, during that period of time and we do mission activities as well as um, have another music time as well. All of our activities are adapted for the specific needs of each individual. Some students who may be nonverbal, they may um, need adapted switches with voice output devices with, uh, with, with certain sayings recorded in those so that they can respond and, and, and express themselves while they're participating in the activity. Um, we provide a, a large screen so that the students can all see the lesson that we're doing together. We also have a, another uh, a picture screen that the students can use if they have visual issues that they need to address to see the screen all together. We provide adaptive communication with pictures and um, or large pictures or small pictures or large print or small print, whatever the students need. Um, we also provide opportunities for the students to understand the Bible stories that they're reading through comprehension and adapting it as needed for whatever they need. We just want to be able to provide the individualized instruction in Bible lessons and participation as much as possible for each individual. Some of our mission activities that we adapt um, include a, a card ministry that we have for people in our church that we just started back uh, working on. We uh, make cards for those people who may uh, be sick or in the hospital and so we make special cards for those people and 
Uh, we use the prayer list to go by as a guide, and then we uh, everyone signs their name, whether it be through an adapted marker or a pen, or or um, or even if they need to use a stamp to be able to sign their name on the on the card. And then we also pray over the card or pray for the person actually, because we want the, our students to understand that we do things for other people to share the love of Jesus, and we also pray for those people. So we want them to understand that and participate in that as well. We also uh, each week provide. Uh, visitor bags for first-time visitors in Children's Church, and we uh, provide birthday balloons and cards for those children in the Children's Church each week and deliver them to the class in front of, um, in front of their classmates so they can enjoy that. Uh, we're looking forward to the future because we have some fun mission projects planned, including um, working with the Ronald McDonald House, because a lot of our families have dealt with Ronald McDonald House in the past, whether it be here in Greenville or Chapel Hill or Duke. Um, when their, um, their children have been involved, so we're going to be selling luminaries to go towards the Ronald McDonald House as well as do some other projects in the future and that way we can provide some mission activities for the community and, uh, and share the love of Jesus with others. So just to kind of give you a, a basic overview of what we do, um, so we have the class that uh, in back of me on the, the, uh, the video, that was our sensory room that uh, the church that was very kind to uh, work with us to be able to do. But we uh, have started a buddy ministry where if we don't want our class to just be a separate setting that they're closed off away from everybody. So um, we also offer, if the families want them to go in, we have a buddy ministry where they can have um, someone to go in there with them. If they just need somebody to kind of keep them on track and remind them where they need to be and that kind of stuff, or if they need a bathroom break and that kind of stuff, we have um, a lot of the high school and college age students who are um, very helpful with that. Um, we also have our classroom ministry where it's a separate setting, but we make sure that we still do things outside of the classroom. I went to a conference a few years ago for special needs ministry and one of the things, it was a tea, uh, one of the ministry leaders in Atlanta, and their church was very welcoming to what they had, and they had a whole wing for special needs ministry. And she said it was almost not a mistake that it's that way, but they've turned it into a separate setting again. So, I mean, they have volunteers, but not everybody is going down there, so you're still setting yourself aside, and, and it shouldn't be separate. So it's a very important that even if you do have a separate classroom, that you still do plenty of things to be included in other spots. You can, um, we also have our sensory room where if, if we have a student with autism or some behavioral issues and they just need a time to kind of chill out for a little bit, we have that. We also use it to play games and stuff when we're finished with our other things. Um, our, we have Sunday morning readers and they love being able to wear the, uh, the sign with the lanyard. And um, it's funny because one of ours who's a greeter now, now when he goes down the hallway, he fist bumps everybody wherever he goes down the hallway now. Um, we have our card ministry that we talked about that um, we look at the prayer list each week and we see who needs cards and um, one of the ladies that one of our teachers because there are three teachers me and two others who have a special education background that we take turns teaching because we don't want anybody to get burned out so we take turns um, but anyway she's really good at making these and putting these together so our students glue them all together and then we um, we write whatever it is in there and, and pray over those people and um, Let's see, we, we participate in Bible school. When we first initially started our ministry, our, our plan was to have it to be like school age, but the Lord had other plans, and so we have some school age, but we mostly have adults, and, um, and, so, and that's a wonderful thing, because a lot of families, once they turn 21, a lot of them don't have contact with other people once they get out, and so it can be a very lonely feeling, so church is a perfect place for them to feel like they're a part of that. Um, so Bible school, like this past year, we ended up having a lot more adults, 
So we don't want those adults or their families to feel like their adult children are going into a, you know, an elementary age Bible school. So we participated in the beginning and the ending piece, but we had our, our separate activities that we did that are more age appropriate and fun. And actually on the last night we were there, one of the, um, the uh, individuals involved, he said he'd like to be one of the helpers next year. So I said, we can work that out. So, so that, um, you know, and we may do that with some of the higher function students who can be helpers and do have a, have a job during Bible school. We um, have participated with some other organizations to do like a Christmas event at our church, and um, that helps you know families from the community come in. And then with an Easter egg hunt at church, we have we offer like a sensory friendly Easter egg hunt in a separate room. So you know if it's the noise and everything is too much, we have that, and we also um, have some adapted ways. Like for example, with um, having a table set up with some fake grass and um, putting some. Um, magnets into eggs and then having a stick with a magnet at the end so if they're in a wheelchair they can reach and, and get the egg and still pick their eggs up that way. Um, we've also helped with Samaritan purse boxes. We'll do some for our class but we also offer to some of the other life groups that if, if, if they either give us their money or and we'll shop or either they can give us the items and we can um, put the boxes together. So we've done that as well. And then as I mentioned in the video we have the weekly birthday recognition and the new visitor recognition. We give the visitors a bag and um, the birthday they get their card and a balloon. Um, we have done some things for Ronald McDonald House and then we're going to be starting next month because after Bible school a lot of the families also joined and stayed the whole time which was a wonderful thing because they got a chance to see how we do everything in our classroom and one dad he was um, he was like he hated for the weekend because he enjoyed it and another one was telling us how much he enjoyed the stories and how we presented them and, um, and the families also had a chance to get together to talk with each other a little bit more and so we're going to start offering um, like at least quarterly have some time like so we can just go in the family life center and order some barbecue and eat to eat lunch together and have a chance for the families to, to sit together because usually once everybody's coming in to pick their child up after church you know they're heading heading in another direction um, now the last one on the list is beyond Capernaum I don't know if you've ever heard of young life but um, young life is a is like a, a kind of a, a youth group uh, version, but the Beyond Capernaum is a group, they, they started Capernaum, but it's it's the same like youth ministry type stuff, but it's for individuals with disabilities. Now there's a Capernaum group that meets at our church also, but um, and they use the children's ministry room for that, but the Beyond Capernaum, that was kicked up to another level. But it um, is for adults, so once they hit 21 and, and up, and we have some are probably in their 70s that come, but it's a the second through fifth Sunday every um, every Thursday, and the church the church has been so wonderful. Every week their meals are provided by different teams of, of servers from the church, and they and we have some of our our servers here with us today. So, and we are so appreciative of everything the church has done to um, provide that support because each week we have I think we have between 100 and 120 or 30 individuals and their workers and their families and um, some of the group home leaders to come. So again, you know, we talked talk about the tree trunks. So you're not only serving and reaching out to those individuals, you're meeting the needs and, and planting the seed with a lot of those other um, individuals as well. And so a lot of people, you know, I think one of the other ladies said that one of the um, attendees, one of the workers, made the comment that I guess because she works on Sundays, this is the only Bible study they get and how much they've learned from being a part of that. So like I said, you're touching many different um, pieces. So here's a little quick example. Um, of one of the evenings at Bianca Pernum.
All right. Okay, so that just gives you a little overview of that. So after we've all you know, gone through that and looked at the videos and heard that information, you kind of know a little bit about what the purpose of disability ministry is. The main purpose is to share the gospel with, of the individuals with disabilities, their families and community, and teach them how to share the gospel with others and then increase their knowledge of the Bible. So when you have your ministry, as I said before, it's not a babysitting service. It's not like if you have somebody come in that um, you, know, you don't have anywhere for them to go and so you just put them in a four-year-old class when they're 30 years old just because they are nonverbal and are in a wheelchair and that kind of stuff. That's not an appropriate setting unless they're in that room to be a helper and they have a job to do and you're, you know, you're, not, you're treating them with respect because that's not only disrespectful to them, it's very hurtful to their families because it, it's like you've not respected them. So you have to be, be careful to do that. Um, and so that's why having lessons and doing that as part of your, um, your ministry is very important. And also, as I said in the video, um, missions are very important too. So they understand when they come to church, it's also their responsibility. Not only is their salvation their responsibility, but it's their responsibility to be the hands and feet of Jesus too, not just to come to church and, you know, all these people are nice to them and that kind of stuff. They have to, to um, do that as well. Um, and then provide the individual and family prayer, support, and fellowship. Um, we stay, and, you know, we send frequent emails to our families and stay in close contact, and I'll talk a little bit about that in a few minutes. So, what can it look like? Well, you can have an inclusive setting, like um, having a buddy ministry where they go to a, a, a regular classroom or a regular children's church or um, one of the adult Bible studies, but, um, if, if that's appropriate. So you have to figure that out. So, as I said, make sure that um, you're providing age-appropriate options and you're, you're respecting the individual, not only... Um, what they understand, but also that um, you're not treating them, you know, as they're a child when they're not. Um, and address their ability areas. If they do go in a yoga classroom and they have a job to do, what can they do to be a helper? How can you adapt and, and make them a part of that? So this is some examples of inclusion that we had. Um, the young lady over here, she was one of our greeters. She loves um, to be able to have the, uh, the lanyard on and, um, and tell people good morning when they come in. And then the back row right here, this is during Bible school this past year. We had, between the, um, the participants and the families, we filled up the last row or, or so. Some of ours were spread out a little bit more. But we stayed in the back part back there because we didn't want them to feel as if they were... Um, you know, part of the children's piece of that, but they enjoy being in there for the music and that part, but, um, but we just wanted to be respectful of that. So, um, and then the one on the far right over here, that was one of the Sundays a while back that the Bianca Pern group was invited to come sing in the worship service. So they practiced um, through uh, multiple weeks and during Bianca Pernum, and a group of them came and, um, and sang during the church. And actually one of them that um, sang that day he now comes every week as much as he possibly can with his worker, and the, on the, the days that he's not with his worker, she still continues to come, and she's part of the women's life group now and comes to church every Sunday. And um, so, like I said, you can touch people in a lot of different ways. Um, you can have a separate classroom setting, and again, make sure you have age-appropriate options. That it's, it's very difficult to find curriculum that, that applies to our students that's not either, that's age appropriate and it's not too high functioning and, and not helping them to be able to understand the concepts of what you're trying to teach. So there's a lot of adapting that goes on and I'll show you that in a minute. But, um, but make sure that you're not showing little like preschool cartoons and that sort of stuff when you go in there. I do have a cartoon site that I like to use, not cartoon, but they tell the Bible story, but it's, um, but they're kind of funny and you know, they, it, it's respectful. 
Anyway, so, and make sure you address their ability areas and how they can be involved in that, and I'll show you some of those things in just a minute. Um, again, I said with the mission activities, provide some age-appropriate options like the, um, the ideas that I've shared that what we do, they can do those kinds of things, and you address their ability areas and making sure that you're doing with, not for. Make sure you're doing something with them that you're not always doing for them so they can be participants and they can make sure they know how to, how to do it. Um, as I said, the family support and fellowship is so very important to provide a welcoming environment, not just your classroom, because you can have the nicest classroom and, and, and be so welcoming once they hit that door, but if the church themselves as a whole is not welcoming, if people walk right by and maybe smile but look away, then that's not going to make the families feel like they're welcome at the church. And so that's why it's so important that everybody's on board um, with, with being accepting of that. And I must say unity and Greenville is very good with that. Um, and make sure you address the family needs for learning about their salvation. How can you, you know, help plant a seed or feed that in and, uh, and whatever ways work for you? Um, and then addressing the family needs for small group Bible study and fellowship. Like I said, we're going to start having the fellowship um, to have our meals together quarterly. And then we had one parent mention the possibility of starting a small group for the families in our, um, that are, going, that are um, involved now. We, one parent who just started coming during um, Bible school, they've been coming a little bit, but they, they had their first time coming to our class feeling comfortable enough to come in. And that family has really gotten to talk and have a chance to, to meet with some of the other families. And like they have a younger child who's eight, and we have some of the older families who've kind of taken her in and you know telling her things and, and helping the family out. So they, they learn from each other. So what are the needs in your church or community? Would a buddy ministry work best? And a lot of times if you haven't started anything, that's probably the easiest way to get started, just to, um, to get the volunteers and you know have them go into the other classrooms. And you could also look at those separate classroom options. And then, um, like, you know, having a separate classroom, but again, make sure you have some inclusion activities. And then offer the sensory options. If you can't have a separate sensory room and have it set up like, like the pictures like I showed you of ours, um, you know, even if you just have options like a room that's not being used during the service that they could go into if they just need a break for a little bit. And you could have, you know, maybe not have the, the overhead lights on. A lot of um, children with autism, these lights really um, bother them. And so if you had the lights low and maybe had some music and had it kind of quiet to give them time to, to kind of decompress. Um, and what's your minute, who is your ministry going to reach? Are you focusing on children, adults, and or their families? Like I said, in the beginning, we were you know, figuring it was going to be all children, but that hasn't worked that way, and God's brought the older ones, and it's been wonderful. So, um, so determine what your mission is. What's the purpose of your ministry? Why are you doing it, and who are you doing it for? Who are you trying to reach? Um, are you just focusing on children with autism? Or are you, you know, just kind of getting a wide variety of, of, of people? Do you want children or adults? And how are you going to reach that population? Are you going to um, do it through buddy ministry or a class? Or um, what's, how's it going to work for you? So decide that. So here's ours. It's just a really quick, short, it probably needs a little more work done to it, but it's basic. But um, a Christian ministry for individuals with disabilities to participate in Bible study missions, worship, and fellowship at Unity Church in Greenville, North Carolina. So when we tell somebody about what we have, this is a basic um, mission statement for us. So to get started on it, you need to figure out what the needs are in your church or community. So don't, you may have ideas of what you want to do, and, and I know I've had lots of ideas, and, but sometimes like, well, that might not work. And find out from families. It's very important to talk to families in your community to find out what their needs are. Um, whether they, you know, more of them need like buddies, the people that you talk to, and just find out what's out there and what the needs are. 
and share with your pastor and church leadership about the ministry need. And um, uh, Pastor Jeff Manning over there was very um, open to us beginning our ministry and, and all the steps that um, we've talked with him all along. He's been very, you know, very, very, very supportive in the church. The whole church has been very supportive of everything. And, um, and one of the things you'll have to look at, too, is we were very blessed in that when we started, the church was new, and so it had all the latest ADA-compliant parts to it. So those may be some things you'll have to look at in your church, like um, physically um, how can students access the whole church environment and how will you address like bathroom needs and that kind of stuff. Um, beside our classroom where it is now, there was a family bathroom that was built when the church was there, and so they were very kind to um, knock out and make a door for us to go into that family uh, bathroom, and then they bought us a, um, a um, an adult-sized changing table, because that's a, a big need, because we have a lot of uh, you know, adult-sized uh, individuals that need, need that too, just like anybody else would. So um, that, that helps families be able to feel like they could stay for the whole life group and church and everything without having to leave, because they have to take care of things. Um, so the next thing is to start to develop your program and flexibility is the key because you may have all these plans but the students that end up coming to you may not need like a lot of the adaptive things that you thought were going to work. So you have to be ready and, and ready to change. And then advertise for and train your volunteers and then advertise in the church or community. Let people know what you're doing. And um, like we've started a Facebook page and we have an Instagram but I forget about doing that one sometimes but, um, but we have a Facebook page mostly that um, I'll use that and then um, pray continuously for God's guidance because sometimes like I'll have ideas and things I think about but I was like okay is that me or is that is that God wanting us to go in that direction so um so sometimes I, I wake up at night and I sit and think about all these things I'm like okay let's stop all right um so anyway so some examples that you could use were to have life groups um like we talked about we were doing and having worship time options a sensory room um, the family support and fellowship vacation bible school and mission activities um, let's see, yeah, okay. It's kind of a review there. So here's a, an example of our typical Sunday morning schedule. We don't have as many come in during the 9 o'clock time because if you think about it, when a lot of these individuals, a lot of them either have jobs or, or some are in school. And I know when I, I'm, I'm retired teaching after 30 years of working with students with severe disabilities, but a lot of my students, like our school started at 7.30, so they got to school about 7.30. So if they rode a bus, a lot of times, they're on a bus for an hour and a half, <clears throat> which means they have to get up really, really, really early during the week. So come Sunday morning, a lot of them, they, they want a chance to just kind of maybe not start quite so early. And so uh, some of them may not come during that 9 o'clock time because there are other needs they have. So we have a small group that works on making these cards and putting these things together and doing some other jobs around the church. So they'll, they'll do that during that time. And then we'll have some music and that kind of stuff. So at 10 o'clock, we'll head out and... Um, do our greeting at the front entrance, and then we go into the music in the sanctuary <clears throat> at 10.15. Now, we have one student who has autism, and the worship service is just too much for him. So while the others are in the sanctuary, one of our volunteers will stay in the room with him, and he watches it on our big screen um, in the classroom where it's you know quieter, and he can see that part um, until the others come back in. And then we have our Bible lesson in the classroom, and then um, <clears throat> about 11.05, then we'll everybody signs the cards and we pray over those people on the prayer list that we're going to be sending the cards to. And then we get our birthday cards and visitor cards ready uh, to go in the balloons. And then um, we deliver those to the, to the children's church and take those down um, and come back. And then usually about that time, um, church is finished. 
and um, the parents are coming. But if we have extra time at the end, we have a lot of different games available. A good spot to find games and things that you can adapt. There's, um, Five Below is really good. Dollar Tree sometimes. Oriental has some good stuff, but um, and yard sales. And um, so, um, but you know, just for little fill-in things that you might need for for games. So now for lesson planning, like I said, there aren't many choices out there. Um, so sometimes I'll use either like an elementary or a preschool topic and maybe use that story that has the, um, the limited print or the limited language with it and then, um, and then create the, the rest of it to go along with it and adapt it as needed. So we'll do a Bible lesson and then we'll have a little video of the, of the lesson and then do the, we'll read it and then we have the options on there to answer questions. If we have time at the end, I'll go through and show you what one of them looks like. And then we, uh, we always have a Bible verse that um, we have some different activities that go along with that. And then we do a social skills lesson. I like to use, there's a site called Teachers Pay Teachers, and you can get some um, social skills stories already ready, and they only cost two or three dollars when you buy those. Um, but it's important for them to understand what the Bible story is about. So like if you're talking about somebody, you know, a Bible story being sad, then you can have a social story to help them understand that concept of being sad. because. Sometimes there are things that you think are so simple, they may not have that concept. And so helping them put those pieces together is helpful. And then we have our prayer time, and we, um, we have an adapted prayer time because some of our students are nonverbal or have limited language. And so each time we'll put, like, we get, like, a few pictures. Say, for example, um, well, we have Pastor Jeff right here. We have family, and, um, or we can have them all. So they can choose, like, who do we want to tell God they're thankful for, Pastor Jeff, the mall, or their family? And then, so whatever they choose, let's say the mall, then um, thank you for the mall. And then um, on the back, then they could have, um, well, we could just put those same two down at the bottom. It just depends on whether, if three choices is too much, you could do two. And then they uh, make a choice to please help Pastor Jeff, and we could put him up there. So then for those students who are nonverbal, we can record, and sometimes I'll try to change my voice so I don't always sound like me when I do it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, well, there's one student, he really likes it when you do a different voice. So, Dear God, thank you for the mall, and please help Pastor Jeff. Amen. So when we go around and do our prayer, they're learning to pray as well. So when they, it, it takes some time. But Dear God, thank you for the mall, and please help Pastor Jeff. Amen. So, there's, so they're able to participate and do their prayer time as well. Um, and then we'll have some time at the end for some music um, after we finish that. So... Um, so we have to adapt for individual needs because everybody has different things. Let me check the time. Okay, I'm coming. All right, so um, you, it may be visual, auditory, sensory, or physical, depending on what you need. Now, um, we did the, uh, the trunk retreat at our church, so we're trying to figure out a way. Um, there were two things with that. One way that, like, um, our student that was participating in the wheelchair, that he could be independent with it. So we have a bowling ramp in our room, and um, the people at Lowe's let me have that um, tube for free. And I, so we wrapped it with... Um, red duct tape to make it look like candy cane because our theme was um, Candyland. And so he um, had the candy and he'd slide it down the chute to give it the kids could come by and pick it up. And that way he was able to be independent. And it also helped those students, those little ones who might be afraid of a wheelchair, that kind of made it in a more friendly manner to help them feel more comfortable. And you know they were ready for him to send some more candy down. And then um, our sensory wall over here, that's um, helpful. Like when you see the, the level he's at, he's able to access it independently. A lot of times students in wheelchairs, depending on where their head may be and um, they can't move around so much, having, uh, having something right at their eye level is very helpful and um, that would, you know, to help them be more independent with that. 
Okay, so you may need visual adaptation. So we have our big screen that we do our lesson on, and this is a smaller screen down at the bottom. Sometimes students who have visual issues, may uh, they may only see out of list just one little corner, or they may just have peripheral vision, or just a hole in the front, or it may be blurry. And so sometimes just having a, a, a smaller screen that they don't have to try to get the whole thing, because if you're limited on your vision, you may try to look at that, and you might only see Greenville, and you don't see the rest of it. So, um, so adapting and talking with the families, the families will be a big help to help you know this. And if they allow you to, um, if they're good with it, maybe you could speak with their teacher also. Um, we have an example over here where she's showing the student pictures and giving her picture choices. And sometimes I like to put um, communication pictures on here. That way you don't have other things in the way in the background, and you could just stick them and clip them under here for their choices. Um, for whatever it is you're doing. Whoops, I went too far. Okay, so here are some uh, auditory adaptations. Now, we don't have anybody in our room that uses this, but this is an FM system. Like if somebody can't hear very well, then they can use those headphones and they'll hook it to the, the system at the church so they can hear the, um, the preaching during the service better. But, um, and that is something you could use in your classroom that you can have a microphone on you and then they can listen to that if that's uh, appropriate for someone. And sometimes when somebody has um, a hearing issues, they may use um, adaptive communication and use um, picture communication instead. And you may have someone who has sign language, but I tend to see a lot of things online and they always think that people with disabilities know sign language. Not everybody knows sign language. So, um, it, so don't think that you have to do that if, if that's not appropriate for them. All right, and then physical adaptations. Here's some of the little fun things, like I mentioned, the, um, the bowling ramp we have, and that ball that I got from Five Below, um, it has a, a little ball inside it, so when he hits it, it makes noise. They help with that too, and then just a simple t-ball stand that, um, that we use like during Bible school one year, um, or well, we use it other times too, but um, so that's that. So here are the example of the switches. There are lots of different versions. You can use this one to make choices on. It could be a yes or no. Um, you can record the Bible verses in them. Um, and then we have another another version. I mean, you can get more elaborate with a, a go talk um, with lots of different um, picture choices that apply. And then the um, the prayer book that I showed you. So the, um, there's so many different ideas, and the students you work with may come with those adaptations that they already have, or their parents can tell you what they use. Um, and I said you don't have to have a whole sensory room. Some students just need fidgets. I know I have I can be kind of a nervous per person, sort of. And um, so having fidgets, and I tend to bite my nails a lot. And um, so, but it would probably be better for me not to do that and just have a fidget with me all the time. But um, so anyway, so, so we have a bucket of choices of fidgets that you could use. And then sometimes the sounds are too much. Like one student, when we're in, in our classroom doing the lesson, if I'm playing a video of a story, I have to turn the sound down just a little bit because it's a little too much for him. But some students can attend the, ser uh, the service or the activities and just wear those noise canceling headphones so it tones the sound down and because it's so it won't be so much of an overload. And then the little um, hoosh ball over there, that's just another texture that they may enjoy to use for that. And here's our sensory room um, that we have together, I mean that we have that um, that they can go in and use and we have the TV on the wall and so a lot of times we'll put some quiet music on with that and, um, and Pinterest gave a lot of the ideas for the for the middle piece. My husband was very kind to um, to build the wall and then we put the pieces together. So, And the church was very, very supportive. Okay. All right. So, um, and then the family involvement. Um, this family, I just wanted to share, you know, showing the tree branches of how things, how things go out. 
the, the worker who bring, was bringing another student to come to our class, she worked it out so that since um, that family was already coming to our church, she had it to work out so another worker could bring that student <coughs> And she made sure that she worked with this young, this young lady in the wheelchair so that this family could come to church. So you, there's another branch that goes out there. And now they're regular attenders to our church and, um, and are you know, wonderful participants. And, um, and so, like I said, the, the branches go out there. So uh, having the contact with families, if they don't come for a while, just make sure you keep in touch with them. We have a newsletter that we, uh, we share with the families. And I'll show you that in a second. And then we're going to be starting the, um, the quarterly after church luncheons. And there are lots of ideas of things you can do to involve families. But I know you can't read it, but <clears throat> this is one of the ones we've used before. That, that, the top part is just asking them for information they can share. And then um, this was stuff we were looking for for the Ronald McDonald House. And then one of the families, <clears throat> the brother, um, was just going into the Navy. So we were sharing that good news. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then we have our prayer list. And then we were also, at that time, asking for some more volunteers and then our Bible lesson that's in Google Slides I also share a copy of that so in case they want to use the, um, the lesson at home at any time. So it's important to advertise the need for volunteers and make sure that you have, um, have volunteers because <clears throat> this is not a one or two person job. It takes a lot of people and it's not just those few people. It takes a lot of help and you try to get more volunteers so you're not burning anybody out. So most of our volunteers that work in our classroom, they only do it every two or three months on, on like one Sunday, so it's not overdone. And then, you know, give some training to them, whether you schedule some sessions just to kind of give them some background about special education or, you know, some other little details of the classroom and just on the job training because <clears throat> you may show all these things, but it may be different once you get in there. And then just continue to support them in what they're doing. Um, here's our, um, our Facebook page. Um, just to kind of show you what it looks like, but um, we have uh, lots of followers from, you know, from our area, and um, that's one way to get the information out. And another thing I did, because there are some unchurched people who may see that as church and they don't want to pay attention to it, so then I created, it's called ENC Special Needs News and Events. ENC is for Eastern North Carolina. And so that way, I share information about, like, things to do around the community for people with disabilities. And then that way I can always make sure that our stuff is being shared on that site for people who don't go to church. So, um, so you kind of get it out there that way. And so you have to remember that this ministry is not going to get big church attendance crowds. I mean, some, we joke that sometimes it's feast or famine. Like this past week, I guess people were on vacation. We didn't have very many there. But it was a good week because um, one of the students who came during Bible school, this was his first time coming in our class, so it gave the dad a chance to kind of, you know, for us to work with him even more during that time. So it's not going to be big, especially at the beginning, but if done correctly, the ministry will grow over time as families see and hear about this place where their loved ones are cared for and included in ministry opportunities. So to wrap it up one more time, to figure out, to make your plans for the future, determine your needs, Share with the pastor and church leadership and, and brainstorm of what would work for your church. Um, begin to develop your program and being flexible is key. And advertise for and train your volunteers and advertise in the church community, church and community, and then pray continuously for God's guidance because things will open up in different directions that you sometimes plan. <laughs> so here's my contact information. If you ever have questions about this, I do have cards that I can hand out um, if you'd like to contact me or us or, you know, uh, 
we can brainstorm or if you have any questions about anything. So let's see. Oh, one right quick. Um, before I finish up, one of the uh, resources, Johnny and Friends, I'm not sure if you've ever seen that before, but I just finished up most of the thing, like it's a, it's almost like a college course story, but it's not hard. But it gives you a lot of good background. A lot of it was a review if you have a special education background, but it does give you some ideas of, of things for ministry, but they have a lot of good things, a lot of handouts, and um, I, like as you have new families come in, they call it an intake form, but it's basically a, a registration form for your class, a lot of different um, things to help out with that. And then lesson picks, you know, when I mentioned communication pictures, there's another company that has it, but they're a lot more expensive. Lesson picks, it's, it might be like $35 a year, it's pretty cheap, and that gives you those adapted pictures to print out to set up your, your boards with, and um, that's very helpful. And then free Bible images, that's a free site, and you can use it as long as you are trying to make money off of what you're making. And um, so when I make the stories, for our stuff, I'll use those. I'll choose from the pictures that are offered in there. And then the videos I use for the stories are Saddleback Kids um, for that. And then I had to uh, share Jake. Jake Manning um, did all of our videography for those videos, and he is very good.